This is Radical Learning Talks with Sari Gonzalez and Becca Koritz. As our world is changing, it requires us to change, looking within to question our beliefs, values, and purpose. In order to provide future generations with a promising and fulfilling life, we must make a radical internal shift in our perspective. By doing so, we set out on a new path towards radical learning and freedom. Welcome to Radical Learning Talks. I am so excited about this. Sorry, we have been talking about this for a long time. And here we are. First episode. Who are we? Why are we doing this? I think we should talk about this. What do you think? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so happy we're doing this. It's a dream come true. And I think this is going to be one of many, 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 many talks that we have around things that we're super passionate about, mm-hmm. that we're learning. Uh, we are in this together. And we know there are a lot of people that have questions around parenting and unschooling and all of things that we struggle with every day as people trying to do something better. Yeah, um, you, a better way. So. You, you have a lot of experience and an interesting yeah. background. Could you explain a little bit who you are? Yeah. Because people yeah. probably don't know don't any know of us. <laughs> I've been hidden for a long time, just working on projects. But yeah, currently I am the director of Explora, which is the program that you founded and that I came to Mexico to kind of um, co-flourish. Um, and before that, I was, and I still am, a mom of a brilliant, almost seven-year-old free spirit whose name is Sai, and he is my inspiration every day to just be a better human, a better person, and so I'm a mother, I'm a director of an agile learning center, Uh, I've been introduced to self-directed learning through my son when I had to start questioning the landscape of education when he was one and a half because I lived in New York at the time and at one and a half you have to start like registering for schools and it's like all this pressure around what school are you going to put him in and you know oh you got to get on the list and you got to and it's just insane and so um, I started questioning like what is this madness around education And having grown up in New York, in the public school system, I've always been like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine putting any child into that system. I know it works for some, for me, it did not, it was torture. And so I, yeah, started looking at the landscape of education and I came to, you know, Montessori and Waldorf and a lot of different alternative uh, programs. And then I was introduced to self-directed learning and that's when my life changed. Like from one day to the next, it was like, I got to learn more. And I went down the rabbit hole of, <laughs> of free learning. And so I started reading Peter Gray, um, you know, all like just the whole agile learning network became a resource, did a bunch of uh, trainings and was introduced to your work. <laughs> Ooh, thank yeah. you. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting. And it's interesting too how how two persons that have like different backgrounds suddenly unite in Mexico. I know. And it's interesting too, because you're half Swedish, half Colombian, and I am Swedish and now Mexican. And here we are. And my background is um, yeah, what is that? Like mo- mostly I would say I'm known to the Spanish speaking public because I've been doing a lot of work in Spanish the last, I don't know how many years. 
and also the Swedish public. Um, I wouldn't say that everyone knows me, but people who are into unschooling in Sweden definitely know who I am. And um, yeah, I'm I'm the mother of Theo, who is 15, who hasn't been to school now for five years and a half, and who is thriving. Uh, but we came there because when he was born, I had that same kind of thing. But it happened when he was three months. I looked at him and I was like, oh, my God, I, I can't put him in the system. And why did I say that? Well, because I was a trained teacher. Mm. I had worked as a teacher in Sweden and also in Mexico, and I just couldn't cope with the system. That's actually why I became a teacher because I wanted to make a difference. Mm. It was just, it was so difficult because I realized that it didn't matter <laughs> if I could change stuff for my students. I really wanted to just change the entire system. Mm -hmm. So when I was, when I came here to Mexico and I continued teaching, I was shocked by, by the level of, of, um, I would say initiative taking and creativity, which was basically zero mm -hmm. responsibility for studies. There was none. And I said to myself while I was holding my little baby in my arms, I can't put him in, in that system. I'm going to cut his wings like yeah. really, really fast. And so that led me to found co-found the first alternative school up in Oaxaca City it turned into a Waldorf initiative. And then I moved down here to the Pacific coast and I founded the second initiative, Waldorf initiative, but that did not work for my son. When he was in kindergarten, it was all play, freedom. It was wonderful. But as soon as he started his primary school, it just turned into something really, um, what could I could I say it was it was really awful for him he did not like it and I was so committed to the project that I I kept going um but I realized he wasn't doing well so he was having ups and downs so basically I saw that my son wasn't thriving sorry and I saw that he was like his creativity was being stifled he was being bossed around by the teachers and um I started reading a lot about other ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And um, when he was just turning 10, that's when we decided, both of us together, that he was not going to continue. And we were both just leaving the project. And uh, when he was like, Mom, well, I have to do math. I said, mm -hmm. honey, we're not going to homeschool. We're going to unschool. And he's like, what is that? And I was like, well, that means that you're in charge of your own learning. You use your time the way you want to use it. And I'm here to back you up. And if you need stuff from me, let me know. And I'm, I'm here. And so, yeah, like when, when, we, when we started that road, it was super amazing. It was just a very like first the first year obviously you know this it's yeah. de-schooling it was it was so what it's what am I doing what is this all yeah mean? <laughs> what am I doing and my son had to heal he had right. to detox and heal for a year before he actually whew, landed in this being creative again and I think we can talk more about this in another episode what de-schooling really is because yeah. I think it frightens parents a lot it sure frightened me when I was there I don't think Teo suffered but I did. I was like, oh, my God, he's not doing anything. Is this the way to go? Right. But he really just needed to, to detox from all that 
authoritarian treatment that he had been receiving for such a long time and heal these wounds. And that's when I started up Explora Agile Learning Center uh, that I ran until until you (laughs) showed up in my life. And we have a passion that we share. Oh, yes, we do. And just a thought as as you were talking is I realized like Sai has never been in any school setting. I mean, he's only been an agile learner. He's only been, you know, in, in an agile learning center. And but he's still de-schooling because I'm still de-schooling. And and so I think this term, which, yes, we are going to have many podcasts around all of these terms and all of these meanings. But you know, our, our kids don't even have to be in a conventional setting for them to be de-schooling. Exactly. Because our society is just, um, there's so many programmings. There's so many yeah. pressures from society to be something or do something a certain way. Yes. And, and I mean, we yeah. know, we know grown-ups that have been unschooled who definitely have these programmings and yeah. they recognize it and they all say the same thing. It's not because I was unschooled that I don't carry these programmings. And really, what we're passionate about is is this shift yes that needs to happen could you talk a little yeah. bit about the shift what are we what, what do we mean when we say the shift for me the shift is really a necessity for mankind i think it's a shift that we need to make as a society in terms of the way we think about everything but particularly about learning and education and relationships. Like how are we building our relationships? Do we have the relationships that we wanna have with our families, with our kids, with our neighbors, um, but primarily focusing on the, the relationship building between parents and their kids. Because I think if at home you have equitable relationships that just spreads and spreads and spreads. Yes, it does. And so I think for me, the shift is recognizing that there is a change that needs to be made that we are living in a totally different world and time. I mean, I came to Mexico because of the pandemic and I know that there are many people suffering and so I'm not you know, taking away from anyone's suffering, but it's been an eye-opener for me, this experience. And it's been a, a time for me to really reflect and make some really deep changes based on deep questioning about how do I wanna live? Where do I wanna live? How do I wanna live? What are my relationships like? Uh, what am I doing? Where am I coming from? What am I doing? Where do I want to go? And it starts with that questioning. Yeah. And, and I think we, the society is in a space and a time right now where we must question things. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know what the future is going to look like. And so the shift is really preparing people for the future in, in regards to questioning how we're looking at education and the relationship building. And then, you know, providing practical tools from our experience, exactly. from my experience with the kids in the center, from my experience with Sai, from our experience with relationships, adult yeah. relationships, our family. And so that's what it means to me. And I'm, I'm super excited for this work. And, and I think um, also community is a big piece for me, like going back to this idea that we learn in best in community yeah. and sharing with each other. And I think that's a very loose term to community and, and, uh, for me, it, it means, um, yeah, sharing our experiences with one another, 
understanding that we're all connected through humanity. We may have different beliefs, different opinions, but having a really safe place to be able to share those experiences and beliefs and thoughts with each as other. As long as we have equitable relationships exactly. where we treat each other with mutual respect. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was thinking too, sorry, that for me, the shift is so much about a paradigm shift. Yeah where I can see that society and the conventional school system is built upon a paradigm of control. Yes. And underneath that control is a lot of fear. And I get it. I get it. Look at our world. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic is just one thing. But if we think about the climate crisis, for instance, I am sure that most adults are asking ourselves, oh, my God, what's going to become of our kids? What's going to happen to them? What is the world going to look like? Will they even have a planet to live on? And when things are changing, like they are changing right now really fast, I think that before it has been changing fast too, but now we really perceive it. People kind of tend to get really scared. And when there is a big change in life, what we usually do is we fall back on what is known to us. And when it comes to the schooling system, that means, of course, more control, right. more structure, more national tests, more grades and start right. grading kids earlier on. Like there's more and more and more control. But what I find is super interesting is that in these times of huge change, I think that what really hasn't been able to adapt to this new situation is the educational system. Absolutely. It is not moving. Absolutely. It is the same as before. There has been, at least from my perspective, no intense. I can see other people shifting. I see agile learning sh centers shifting and suddenly doing things online in a really smooth and smooth and creative way. But down here in Mexico, for instance, the only shift has been we do the same thing, but at home. So kids still have to dress up in uniforms right. and have their hair back no jewelry, no makeup, no nothing, and just do what they're being told to do. I think that there are people that have dug their heels even deeper into this, this conventional model. Yes. Um, and then I think that there are people that were forced, families yeah. that were forced because, I mean, we were in pandemic, we were on lockdown, all of a sudden people had to go digital and families had to be agile. Yes. They had to rearrange their schedules. They, you know, and I think that there are some families and some people that are curious about another way, you know, like, oh, actually I kind of like being home with my kid or having exactly. more time with my kid <laughs> yeah. or my kid is really happy yeah. because we spend more time together or because you know they're exploring other interests that maybe they wouldn't have explored if they were in a nine to three you know Monday through Friday environment and so I also think that the shift speaks to people that are curious yes. about maybe doing things differently yeah. because we don't have to do it the same way. And actually it, it, it was Einstein that said it, right? Like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Exactly. So exactly. what, what kind of world do we want to have? What, what kind of yeah. world do we want to leave for our kids? And education is, is a big piece of that how yeah. how we are learning how we are sharing with each other how we are living co-living and and I mean I think it's it's radical we talk about this all the time yes. you and I like radical some people get scared by that term yes they and, do but it's about going back to the roots can you yeah. talk more about that I can I just say so like radical comes from lat the latin word radix and radix means roots so it's really just basically going back to the roots and for me that is that is like 
big part of the shift that I want to see in the world where we can go from a paradigm of control and fear into a paradigm of where we go back to the roots and where it's really about freedom and trusting, trusting this innate nature of children that they all come with this configuration, this programming to learn that they are just born curious. I mean, you've had a baby, I've had a baby. Yeah. Is there anything more curious? Oh my gosh, no. I was, I mean, I was sharing this earlier, but we just took a road trip and, you know, my son's at seven. I, I haven't forced any math on him. All of a sudden is figuring out time and math equations and developing his mathematical mindset because he needs to, because he wants to figure out a problem, a real life problem yeah. in his life, in, you know, in terms of trying to figure out the difference in time. And he's doing it. Yeah. And, and it's such a beautiful process. Like it's such a, a liberating experience for me to witness Absolutely. his growth. And I feel like this shift is also more about like witnessing, observing, Absolutely. not controlling. You know, we, we spend so much of our days trying to control yeah. and, and um, yeah. And so getting back to our roots, like learning from our ancestors, like learning from where we, we started, you know, we all started in tribes and how, how have we come so far? We know, sorry, that this isn't that easy for people. Yeah. Because we have all grown up in this paradigm of control and fear. So you and I know that we carry a lot of these programmings inside, which makes us have a lot of fears around how our kids develop and how they learn. Yeah. And I think it would be super interesting if we could move a little bit into this, like, okay, so practically, what do we do? Like, I think that many people can feel inspired by this, but there's so many, yeah, but right. what would you say is like, yes, but won't they need grades? Yes, but how will they learn? Yes, but how can I know that they're learning what they need to learn? I mean, I could just pull out so many different of these yes, buts. For me, I think it, it comes down to motivation, what motivates us and uh, in life, right? And, and I, I see that a lot of people, and also there's no judgment here, like we're all doing the best we can and Absolutely. we all have different beliefs. But I, the way that I see the world working right now is that happiness depends so much on quote unquote success. And that definition of success is then tied to somebody else's definition yeah. of what, what it means for us to be successful. You know, you don't have to have the, you have to have gone to the school, you have to have had the job, you know, if you have a house and a 30 year mortgage and you get that all paid off, you know, like all these things that in our society equate to success, which equates yes. to happiness. And, and I think that, you know, that's what we have to start questioning and that's what we have to start challenging and I think the how is just by sitting with ourselves and asking like am I living the life that I want to live Ooh. are my kids <laughs> living the life that they want to yeah. live I mean we have so much to learn yeah. from them they come in super pure and you know we have so much to learn from them and so I do this a lot with my son when I start my programming started to come out and, you know, I start wanting to control him based on fear yeah. of him not doing a certain thing. It all comes down to fear of me not being good enough. 
wow, me, which has nothing to do with him. Can you show me an example? I mean, this happens a lot, right? When let's say you're out, you're out and about, and you know, my son, one of the reasons why I chose not to put him in, in a public school system was I knew they would call me like two days later and be like, your kid is ADHD, da, 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 da. you need to medicate <laughs> yeah. him because he is an active kid. And so just the other day we were in this outdoor restaurant with a tree and my son went to the tree and started climbing it. And he was like, look, I'm going all to the top and wow, it looks so cool from up here. And this table of women started, I could see them just starting to like cow, you know, cower and get really fearful. And so they spoke to the waiter and all of a sudden the waiter comes over and he asks I to get down from the tree. So I asked why? And he said, oh, the restaurant, we know we have rules. And, and I think like in that moment, there was a part of me that was really concerned about what they would think about my parenting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. These women are going to think I'm a bad mother. They're going to think that my kid is wild, too wild. They're going to, you know, and it, it was, it was work for me to check yeah. in with that. And then say, this is not, this is not about me and me being a good mom or a bad mom. This is about my son is experiencing so much joy right now. And he is learning something right now. Why should I take that away from him? Because of my stuff. I hear you. I hear you. And And I think, I think that, I think that all of us can relate to this. I don't know one single parent who hasn't been at some point and maybe even every day, like driven by the fear of not fitting in of not belonging not being accepted for for who we are and how we're raising our children I think we've all felt that yeah what would you what would you say to a parent that that notices that whoops I'm now treating my kid differently because others are watching me and I'm feeling like I'm a bad mom or bad dad yeah what would you encourage them to do what would be like the the challenge for them stop (laughs) (laughs) stop and I don't mean stop doing what you're doing but pause just pause I think in general spaciousness is so important so in that moment I could feel a lot of things that were coming up for me and the voices you know like oh what are they going to think and oh my goodness and just stopping so number one just take a pause and check in and check in with yourself check in What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Literally, how is it coming up in my body? How is my body feeling right now? Oh my goodness, I'm sweating. My heart is racing. Oh my goodness, I'm like gravitating towards pulling my son off this tree. (laughs) Stop and and breathe and then ask like, what is important right now? What, What does my son need right now? What does my child need? What do I need? I mean, so much of it has to do with nonviolent communication too. Absolutely, absolutely. And collaborative communication. And I'm sure we're gonna have many talks about that, um, which is super exciting because nonviolent communication has changed my life as well. But that would be the first thing. Just stop, take a breath and reflect on what's happening for you. What are those voices telling you? I was thinking also, sorry, sorry about something that you said, which was about like, what kind of life do we want to live? What kind of life do we want our children to have? And maybe that is a relevant question yeah. to, to think about in that moment. And what would you do mm-hmm. then? Like, what would you say to a parent who, who already kind of made the mistake to take the kid down from the tree and then in the evening or a day later reflects and is like, oh no, I limited my kid. 
Right. How would you, what, what would you say to that parent? How could they deal with that situation? I think it's so interesting that we have the capacity and ability to have those conversations with ourselves, but it's so hard for us sometimes to then take the step to have those same conversations with others. Yeah. And so, I mean, our minds are going 24 seven, even when we're sleeping our subconscious, right? But I think that shift too of, okay, when you recognize something, when you stop and you see, okay, this is what's coming up for me. This is what's happening for me. Then you recognize I messed up. Like, oh, I told you to get down from that tree the other day. How did that feel? When I told you that, how did that feel for you? I don't, I feel bad about it now. And then take those conversations from your head and put it back on the person, put it, have them with your kids. Like we don't, we don't have to be afraid of our kids. We're growing up with them. Like we yeah, are learning. Yeah, with we're them. learning with them. I think this is so beautiful because I think that so many parents have this idea that we need to be perfect. Right. But we know we're failing all the time. So, <laughs> so it's, it's just, yes. it's a stupid thing to even try that kind of perfection. There is no perfect parent. We mess up. You mess up. I mess up. We know this. But to be able to recognize that and actually talk to the child about it and say, you know what? I think I messed up yesterday. Yeah. I asked you to get down from that tree and I feel kind of bad about that. How did you feel? And to be able to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then we're so worried and concerned that our kids won't learn how to say they're sorry. We're forcing them to do it, but we hardly tell them ourselves that we're sorry when we've messed up. And I think it begins there. It really begins Absolutely. there. I mean, you have a beautiful relationship with Teo in the yes. sense that he trusts you so yeah. much. Yeah, he does. Share, I mean, share with you what, what would you say is like the foundation of that trust for you and Teo? Like what, what has helped you to build that trust with him where he can come to you and talk to you about anything, it seems like? Treating him as another human being not trying to be the perfect mom, not trying to put myself on this pedestal and be more important and, and show him the way, but rather like, whoa, we're figuring it out together. I mean, the decision that we made together when he was quitting school, that was something we did together. Mm-hmm. It was not my decision. It wasn't his decision. It was our decision. And I feel that being as authentic as I can possibly be, being myself, showing myself raw. I think that's being the perfect parent. Like it doesn't mean not making mistakes. It just means showing yourself just the way you are with your mistakes Yeah. and show how we, how we deal with things, how we learn and grow from, from life, just like they are, you know, there's really no difference. Yeah, no, it's incredible. It's beautiful. inspiring it makes me want to be a better person you know it it really does and and I think in in terms of of the practical like how how to do this I mean it's easy for us to talk about right it's easy for us to say this is this is the change we want to see in the world we're trying to be that change right as we always talk about um but how to do it and I think I'm always really surprised when I meet people that say you know, I'm a great parent or like, I I figured it out or I don't, I don't need to do any courses or I don't need to do any workshops. Like, you know, (laughs) this is the way that it is. And, and, but you know, that we all have something to learn. We're all learn. We're learning all the time in every interaction. 
and relationship through every relationship. And so I think that, yeah, we, we just have a lot to, to explore Absolutely. in terms of how to, how to get there. And there's so many tips and tools and practical ways that we can do it, which I'm super excited about to continue to, to share. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do. This was the first introduction to our talks and conversations. We do have a little book we would like to recommend. Yeah, yes. Um, it's a mutual friend of ours who's written it. <laughs> a great friend who's doing amazing work, uh, specifically with older learners. Uh, his name is Blake Bowles, and he has a, an incredible book out, which speaks to kind of the challenge that we'd like to, to put forward to you guys, which is, um, you know, why are you still sending your kids to school? <laughs> so that's the name of his book. Uh, Blake, shout out to you and all the work you're doing. Uh, yeah, so check it out. It's, it's it's a really, really good book, even for people who have never, ever considered unschooling. Yeah. I think it gives a brilliant perspective of, of the schooling situation right now. And it asks some really vital questions and it's full of practical stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a big inspiration. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think to me, that's if there's one sort of nugget that I'd like to focus on or leave for everyone, it's let's start questioning just that you don't have to, this doesn't have to be for you. Maybe you're like, no, actually, I really, I'm good, (laughs) but let question, let's start questioning how we think, why we think, um, you know, you still may have your truth. You still may have your belief, but it's always good to to question. Absolutely. I think, especially in these times where change is happening and it's happening really, really fast. And I think it's about what kind of future would we like to co-create right. for, for our kids, for our, for us? I mean, we're going to be around some more time. And what kind of lives do we want to live? Right. It doesn't have to be the way we were brought up to believe. Right. It can be different. And I just think that opening up and questioning and, and daring actually to yes. throw out that thought if, if I could choose, what would it look like? If I could have it my way, if in my ideal world, what would it look like? What would the relationship look like? Or yeah, what would- like all of it, like my life, my kid's life, our relationship, what kind mm-hmm. of relationship? Because relationships are hard to work on because we have all these programmings that aren't always very easy to cope with when it comes to communication or even how we treat each other. And yeah. There are other ways that work really, really, really well that I personally believe that if if all parents uh, would use nonviolent communication with their kids, it would take a couple of generations and we would have no wars on this planet. Absolutely. It, would, it really would. Change. That is how powerful yeah. it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So just begin questioning what, you know, what are the relationships like in your life with your kids? What was it like with your parents? Yes. Oh, goodness. (laughs) That's a whole other. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and what needs to shift? You know, what would you like to see shift? Because sometimes we, we know what we'd like to change, but we get so overwhelmed by, oh my goodness, I don't, is that's not even possible. We think oh God, that it's yeah. not even possible to begin to change the relationships in our lives or, or, or the schools, or make you know, big, like big moves. Like exactly. you moved from the States to Mexico. 
without really knowing anyone here. I moved from Sweden to Mexico without mm. knowing anything about Mexico. I had never been here. And I had never made any big move in my entire life before that. So it is possible. Like we're not spectacular people in that sense. We're, we're just humans. Right. But I think, you know, we made those changes in our yes. life based on instinct. Yes. And I think speaking for myself, I was really tapped in at that point in time because of the pandemic, because I was forced to slow down yeah. and listen and gather my thoughts and opportunities, you know, presented themselves and the world opened up in, in a time where it was very closing down in so many ways, but really, really taking the time to question and yeah. think about how am I feeling about my life right now? Where, I mean, we have so many dreams. We dream, we, we're, we're hu humans are dreamers in yeah, a way. Absolutely. We, have, we have so many dreams and are we living those dreams? Are we, yeah. you know, and specifically in family and in, in, in our communities, you know, are we, why do we keep doing the things that, that aren't working for us over and over? Yeah. I mean, the school system is, it hasn't shifted like what no. you've said it hasn't shifted so if that's not going to shift we have to make it shift we have to shift absolutely in the next episode of radical learning talks we're going to talk about self-directed education what it is how it works and why we think it does a better job of preparing children for the future than the actual conventional school system stay with us for the next episode of radical learning talks